Madame Desaad's Hollywood. More than just a wax museum. Open daily at 10 a.m. Next door to the world-famous Graham's Chinese Theater. www.madametussards.com forward slash Hollywood. The images shown depict wax figures created and owned by Madame Tussards. Madame Tussards reserves the right to remove and or change figures in the attraction. All rights reserved. Dear listener to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Mick Rick. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Mouth is alive with juices like wine. And I'm random banter. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. I told you that I shook Simon LeBond's hand, right? If you did, I forgot all about it because uh, sometimes your mouth goes yabba 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 and I go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I shook Simon the Bond's hand once. Well, that's cool. I went to a Duran Duran concert, and mm-hmm. near the end, they kind of rushed the stage thing, and a bunch of us up there at the front. I kind of was up near the stage, and my friend was in front of me. He moved to try to get a little more center stage, so yeah. I took a spot. Just at the moment Simon the Bond was walking down the stage, <laughs> reached down, shook my hand. My friend nearly killed me that night. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I said, I just, that would have, that, you're supposed to be me. I said, there was two problems with what you did, friend. One, you moved. Two, you're short. Yeah, that that has a lot of problems for a lot of the shorties where you're just like, I would like to be part of this, but I can't be. Uh, he'd kill me if I said that. Anyways. <laughs> he didn't then, he won't now. Eh, he might. I don't know. Haven't seen him for like 20, 30 years, something like that. Who knows? He might crawl out of the woodwork. He might. He's <laughs> older and slower, so he has less chance. So am I. Mmm. Uneven grounds, we say. <laughs> okay, a couple things. One, I've already told you, Jeff, this, and I'm going to tell the listeners this. It probably is not going to matter at all, but the other day I was down here and I was doing some editing and I normally take off and on my headphones a lot. I took them off really quick and I heard this snap and I looked over and said, <laughs> no. Not my four-year-old headphones that I got when I started this podcast that were completely Mm -hmm. falling apart anyways. No, they broke. So I bought myself some new headphones, and I can now not hear myself. So I have no idea how to modulate my voice, and I'm just going to guess that this is fine. (laughs) You sound good. You're not yelling. But it it is frustrating when, uh, like, your favorite or most comfortable headset breaks. I'm sure I sound fine. Because these are headphones, these are not a new microphone. Right. It's just, I am not hearing my voice anymore, which is good. Maybe this will help my editing, because maybe there's not going to be so much feedback. You saw the King's speech, right? Yeah. It's good. This will get you over your nasty, nasty stutter. Okay. I do the editing. I know one of us has bad verbal tics. Should we talk about who it is? It's not Rick! <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where my verbal tics are, and I can see them and edit them out, and I try to plan them ahead of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna Let's find your old friend that you haven't seen in a while. Me and him are gonna go visit you one of these days. That's what's gonna happen there. I, I'd like to see you try, Mister. I never get out of the house. Hey, Let's... that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. What other piece of cool pop culture can I throw into the mix? Well, oh, I know. Just saw the Marvels, and of course, this is gonna be about a month out from after I saw it. Mm-hmm. Took my daughter and her friend and his mom to go see Marvels on Veterans Day, and it was a hoot. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It is a great time. Neat. And I am pretty pretty confident that our listening base is very, very cool, and they aren't those people who probably <laughs> don't like the Marvels for the reason why those people wouldn't like the Marvels. But I thought the movie was fantastic. I thought it was very good. I think it's fresh, enjoyable. It's a different feeling than we've seen in a lot of Marvel movies lately. Mm -hmm. Not to say they're all bad or there's problems with them. It's just, yeah, there are things that could be improved upon. And I think this was one of them that did improve very well. So it's got some good moments. It's got some fun scenes. It has a pretty killer mid-credit scene that made me go... I am going to geek out and totally comic book explain this ending to my daughter and the people I'm here with because golly gosh darn gee, yeah. You've got yeah. that knowledge, you need to share it. Pretty much, pretty much. My 1980s comic book knowledge based upon Chris Claremont round of comic books has to come in you somewhere and this was the time and place for it to come in. Mm-hmm. That's a hint. Mm-hmm. That's a hint. Yes, it is. What has Chris Claremont ever done? Don't know. We'll never find <laughs> out. I'll figure it out when I finally see the Marvels in like six months. So, <laughs> Whenever I get it downloaded onto my Plex server, probably. <laughs> or it comes up on Disney Plus or something like that. The two might be connected. Yes. It was very good, very fun, very enjoyable, and highly recommend it. If you somehow missed it, go and watch it on Disney probably in about a couple days after this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be too long. I'm looking forward to it. I hadn't heard good things about it, but I'm glad to get a positive review from you, and I'm excited to see it now, so it'll be cool. Well, that's mostly because you talk to fungus growing underneath rocks. Yeah, there's mostly that, and laundry, and dishes, and mm. a six-year-old. Mm. Talk to a six-year-old a whole lot, which is a lot like a fungus under a rock. I'm going to tell her you said that. Oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble with my kiddo again, as always. <laughs> nah, she's wonderful. I love her. Spending time with her is great. What? did you do that is pop culture adjacent? Well, let's see. You discussed the Marvels. Have you heard of a character named Loki? I have. I have. I have. Have you heard of a season two of the show Loki? I have. I have. I have. Have you seen season two of Loki? Yes, I have. It... I saw it on my Disney account, which I'm sure you steal from. I also saw it on your Disney account. <laughs> uh, awesome. I loved it. It was so great. The ending of it was some of the best Marvel that I have seen in years. Yes. Absolutely yes. blown away by it. It was so great. It was really, really enjoyable. They did such a, a great job. Potentially a send-off of the character. Who knows? Like all of these actors that are like, yeah, I'm done, and then they come back, or they're not, or who knows? But it's just so good. I think that this is a good spot for mm -hmm. Tom Hiddleston to just take the off-ramp. I think it's perfectly acceptable for him to do so. I think this was one of these moments where you can do a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody talking about it today. I think it was on Best Comic or Worst Comic Podcast ever. They were mentioning what they could do, especially with a lot of other things, hints, hints, hints from, mm -hmm. his, from the Marvels. You could bring back Kid Loki. You could bring him back as a teenager. You can bring him back as another variant. Mm -hmm. You have so many options that you can do because that 
Loki is now, boom, the time god. Mm-hmm. And that is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. They can still bring him in. They could do, yeah, they could do any number of things with it. They could off-ramp him, on-ramp him, do whatever they feel like. But I'm just, I was massively impressed with how they did that episode. Yeah. That, that show in general, too. I really have liked. It was wonderment. I sat there mm-hmm. and just like leaned forward with my mouth agape, just like, and then flickers of understanding would pop in. I'm like, wait, that's, oh, hey, oh, you know, it was just wonderful. It was so wonderful. Yeah, they did a good job with it. They had fun with it and they managed to do a character arc for Loki, which yep. is understandable and it works. Yeah, took took 14 years to get there. So it's, uh, I think, quite justified journey. <laughs> All right. We have talked about Bander. We have talked about randomness. We have gotten hungry like a wolf. I think that we need to talk about how we got here and what happened last episode. Jeff. Laura Kinney joins the Academy and everyone likes her except for Hazmat, who stopped liking her after she convinced Metal to talk to Laura about murdering people. And that hussy Laura had the audacity to make Metal feel better about himself. Also, mind-transplanted reptile from the future continues his streak of making everything horrible so that he can save his future, where he and Finesse have a daughter, by getting the disguised human dire wraith named Hybrid to join the school so that he could eat a bunch of people. Now that the Julia and Stryker have an open talk about their sexual orientations, and it was amazing and thoughtful. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend, and thank you once again to Waffles for last episode. Yeah, thank you so much, buddy. It was always a joy and a wonder to have an opportunity to spend time with you. So looking forward to the next time. That has nothing to do with the beer that I'm going to give you, but I've given you the beer already. (laughs) So why don't you go ahead and open it up and tell me what it is? It's a gigantic brewing. (laughs) Hollywood Movie Madness presents Psychotronic Pale. That's great. Movie Madness is a uh, local movie rental place that just has everything. I've gotten to see some great stuff from that place. This is wonderful. Cover of this looks like Cyclops in front of an explosion with spaceships and cultists. Sexy space babes with ray guns and Speed Racer punching out Racer X and all sorts of stuff in the background. It's got it's got everything you want going on in it. Uh, I'm going to assume Psychotronic Pale is because we've got a pale dire wraith who's psychotronic and using his psycho powers. On uh, characters left, right, and center. This does look a bit like Cyclops, but at the same time, it also, because of the coloring and because of the gigantic head mm-hmm. and the monster-esque type of look that he's got, I was like, that looks a little bit like hybrid, actually. A little bit, yeah. I got the pink skin going on and everything. I was thinking, yeah, I'm like, the Cyclops ties in because hybrid is mostly an X-Men villain, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily the, the Cyclops. It just, I saw this cover and I'm like, Psychotronic also kind of has a bit of a psycho power that Hybrid's got. And this just reminded me of Hybrid. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I see plus, it. I get it. Plus, it is a hybrid brewing because it's gigantic in association with Hollywood Movie Madness. Yeah. And you're right. Movie Madness is an excellent video rental store that you can still go and rent I think just probably DVDs and Blu-rays now, but their selection of obscure and bizarre movies is fantastic. Plus, it's a bit of a museum. They've got a lot of cool props there. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about the place before. It is fantastic. It is wonderful. I think we've had another beer that was Hollywood Movie Madness tie-in. Probably from Gigantic, but I can't remember. It's been a while, quite a while. 
What is the unspeakable secret that lies within this bottle? An otherworldly beer in 4D flavor that is never to be forgotten? This beer celebrates the coming together of two Portland institutions and their shared love of great beer and far-out movies. 5.5% ABV, psychotronic pale. Smells like a pale ale. Very hoppy. Yeah, floral bouquet going on with it. Excellent pour on my part. It's almost all head. (laughs) It's uh, got the very orangey darker, a little amber color to it. Very foamy. Oh, very bubbly, very foamy. Okay, yeah, you got foam too. Mine is, as you can tell, it's it melded its way down to half. It was about three quarters before. But the foam, the foam tastes very nice. <laughs> I believe it. I'm going to go from the, the bottle for my tasties. <clears throat> this is a bitter pale ale. It's not bad. I've, it We've had much bitterer. This is a little bit less on the hops, a little bit less on that dank, funky taste. Mm-hmm. It's just got that bitter. Yeah. It is... It's got the bitter bite to it. For me, at least, it's really wrapped in like florals and a little bit of yeah. citrus and like really like a starburst sweetness in all honesty. Second taste calms down a little bit from the first one. And I am getting more of those floral hits, a little bit more of the a little bit more of the amber taste in there. That's funny. I'm getting a little bit more of the bitter on my second. So we got flip flop tongues. This is not bad. Actually, no, it, it settles down a lot. Yeah, no, this is just a this is just a nice little beverage. I am enjoying it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's psychotronic as this says. It's mostly kind of clear. Actually, if anything else, I would say that this is a good representation of Portland. I would not associate this with being a pale ale. No, I would see it more as an IPA, mm-hmm. a lighter IPA. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But Interesting. Very interesting beverage. I like it. Yeah. No, very good. I mean, let's talk about a comic book a little bit farther south from Portland. but uh, <laughs> California. California. But no, this is kind of fun. And like I said, just a fun little bottle. It's a pretty bottle. It is a pretty bottle. Story time on it is please return. It's embossed in the glass. So, <laughs> All right. All right. All right. We have a beer. We have talked about an ad. We have talked about pop culture. We got to talk about a comic book. Opening credits. Jeff, make it so. Avengers Academy, issue number 24, March 2012. Family. Writer. Christos Engage. Penciler. Tom Grummet, Inker, Corey Hampshire, Colorists, Chris Sotomayor, Letterer, Joe Caramonga, Editor, Bill Roseman. Featuring Giant Man, Tigra, Quicksilver, Hawkeye, Jocasta, Reptile, Finesse, Striker, Metal, Hazmat, White Tiger, Lightspeed, X-23, Butterball, She-Hulk, Lyra, Justin Seyfort, A Very Large Sentinel, and Hybrid. Things are looking normal at that academy. Finally. Hey, it takes time to settle into a new venture. You have to get the idea, sell the concept, start the project, get over a few rough patches, invite over a mutant terrorist, introduce new elements. You have a lot of gravel before you get to the smooth pavement. But now, we are here. A normal, lazy day on a sunny California campus. A kind of day you would see at any educational institution. As long as those locations have building-sized robots and guys who can change into dinosaurs. I said California, right? Right. I guess we should chat a bit about Justin Seafort and his Sentinel. Back in 2003, there was a comic book that came out called Sentinel. Justin's parents had a junkyard in Wisconsin, and he liked to build battle bots. And he found a deactivated Sentinel. Wackiness ensued. Long miniseries story shortened, he is friends with a modified Sentinel. It still wants to destroy all mutants, but it wants to do it after tea time on February 30th. Reptile is chatting with Justin, and they are talking about the new kid, Jimmy. You know, the one that is secretly planning evil stuff with future Reptile. 
The Sentinel is detecting something really odd and funky with Jimmy. Yeah, mutant. Check that box. But there's also something alien about him coming up in the scans. What's up with that, Willis? Humberto reassures the plucky engineer that it's all cool, man. He's just part dire wraith. Those horrible aliens that changed shape and tried to invade Earth before the scrolls took that page from their notebook. Super harmless. Completely harmless. Super completely harmless, I assure you. And to prove how super completely harmless Jimmy is, Reptile convinces Justin to walk away from the line of sight and hearing distance of his protector bot and come into the school, where nothing bad will happen to him. Narrator voice. Something bad happens to him. On the scale of worst-case scenarios, Reptile does dial hybrid back to mind control over his preference, which was finger roll-ups. Umberto's view is that if hybrid powers up slowly, that will prevent the entire academy attacking at once while he is in a weakened state. Slow and easy, pal. Slow and easy. Okay, fine. Snack now. Main bloody course later. Hybrid tampers with Justin's mind, making him believe that they are the bestest of friends, that he's really cool, and thereby reducing the threat of having a robot attack. Next step is to start brainwashing teachers. It might be good to work on some of the easier ones that could prove problematic later, like Hawkeye or maybe even Giant Man. Nah. Umberto believes in going big or going home, so he decides that Tigra is a good idea for a starter course. Oh <laughs> boy. Wow. First, they chat about how Tigra misses her son, who's on an exchange program with the cat people. And please, for all that is holy, and for my own sanity, do not tell my wife that that is an option for raising children. Forget about your wife. Don't let your daughter know her. She'll hound you until you let her go. It's a lifestyle choice that she would make without a moment's hesitation. Precisely. But now that Humberto has established empathy and trust, he asks for some help. You see, the new kid is not answering his door. And while he's sure that Jimmy won't self-harm, he has seemed pretty down lately. Tiger investigates. But she smells something odd. Not like somebody forgot to toss her muddy, wet, and stinky socks in the laundry, but hid them under their bed stank. But not too far off, either. She warns Humberto to stand back. This might be a dangerous situation. Dangerous situation is right, as she kisses the door with her face. With a helpful push from Humberto. Scrash! Did we say little push? We meant mega smash from a stegosaurus tail swipe. If you cannot trust a backstabbing student, who can you trust? A hybrid monster. Oh, yeah. And you know how to stay friends with a monster? Feed it a cat. I see you've been reading my how-to manual on raising monsters, Rick. <laughs> nice. Thank you, man. Not a problem. Except there is a problem. Hybrid will not fully ingest this feline due to her high levels of mana and catnip. And the fact that powered females are prime breeding stock for dire wraiths. He tells Umberto to bring him super-powered bodies he can ingest that will scratch his other itch. How about Butterball? Well, he is a well-meaning kid who wants to play video games with Umberto, and who is nigh indestructible. So he is a perfect snack food. Umberto directs his friend to hang out with Jimmy in his room, as he loves video games. And Thanksgiving dinners. <sighs> Too soon. Next, Reptile talks to White Tiger. She gives him the history about her brother. The first of her name. Everybody loved that dude. She worshipped him, and he could draw a mean watercolor landscape. But then their parents were killed, and she was sad. Then he was killed, and she was sadder yet. You are a killjoy, Rick. Oh, was his name Joy? You forget their names after a while. Well, Reptile is empathic and listens as Ava completely breaks down about how the murder of her brother destroyed her and her remaining family. And the entire time, Umberto is thinking... I really like to sacrifice friends and cats. 
Magical cats. Magical cats that are friends. And as he brings White Tiger in the wreckage of the room, we get to do a new headcount on hybrid snack bar trophies. You better believe it. Let's see here. He's got Tigra, Butterball, Striker, Lyra, aka She-Hulk, and Julie Power? No! Reptile is starting to feel uh, bad, regretful, but hybrid, he's still pretty hungry. But hey, he has a new kitty that he can eat. Yes! The problem when you're really hungry and you have not eaten and someone has given you a candy bar, sometimes you just forget to check if that candy bar has nuts in it. Or if the cat-themed superhero is made with magic that is anathema to you. Ah, it burns! Fizzash! And that seems to be enough of an interruption to break some of the mental hold that Hybrid has over his snack bouquet. Still, Hybrid has enough anger to direct Reptile to kill White Tiger. Fight! 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 Ava holds back as long as she can, but first, the Dino Claws White Tiger, and then breathes in her face. Apparently, that five-bean burrito and red alert Mountain Dew he had earlier really supercharges Ava into powering up and smashing Dino Boy into the rubble. Scram! And the punching and the thrashing and the releasing of pent-up anger continues. We learn that the spirit of the Tiger is an immortal death dealer whose mystical energy used to be used to mop the floor with loser lizards like Reptile. She just bloodies the fool until he's back into his boy form, which causes her to snap out of her blackout state. She recoils at what she has done and would rather die than be an out-of-control, amnesiatic, antagonistic amulet animal. She lets Reptile use his power-up bar to dino back up to finish her off. And in doing so, he realizes that he's being a big, dumb, scaly lizard. Clang! 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 Dino Boy hits the fire alarm to warn the rest of the campus. Really harshing Hybrid's vibe, man. But that's okay. Because he is all powered up with super juice and ready to kill some fools in a feeding frenzy. But before we can get to that, we have to see how the rest of the campus responds. We will start with the athletic field where Finesse and X-23 are doing some sparring while Metal and Hazmat watch. Oh, and you know that love triangle that Reptile assembled last episode? Yeah, it's still an acute thing. Ah, Rick, don't be so obtuse. These may be kids, but they can see the angles that are being played. No, they can't. Not by any degree. They are teenagers and not that sharp. Get to the point. We are almost out of time. Hazmat is jealous of Laura, and Metal just does not get it. Unfortunately, their verbal fight is interrupted by two things. One, the alarm bell that was previously set off, and two, Laura's toned and muscled bikini body jumping between them as she tells them to follow her. I mean, I know she's not flirting with Metal, but it is hard to say that she is not not flirting with Metal. Meanwhile in Giant Man's Lab? Home of the fighting twin blonde-haired dudes. Hank is still wringing his hands over his broken robot. He can rebuild her, but all of her core backups have been damaged. Unfortunately, this week's episode of General Repair Shop needs to be interrupted by a villain, so him and Hawkeye go and see what all the hubbub's about. Well, by the time they get there, things have taken a turn for the worse. Hybrid has managed to expand his mental mojo on a few key people. It appears that he has Reptile, White Tiger, and X-23 under his thrall. Excellent! We have a fight card. Let's get it on! To be continued. Ah, I guess we can't do anything else but talk about the cover of the issue then. Sounds fair. Okay. We have to wait until next month to uh, figure out what's going on with this this fight club. Hey, we don't talk about the fight club here, man. We are still in the era of the Shattered Heroes. The comic book cover tells us this. And we also have a blurb on this cover from the source of all sources, Ain't It Cool News. <laughs> That's right, it says, a sterling example of the best of the genre, 
Ain't it cool news? Neat. I don't even have to insert the crickets here. They just automatically appear. <laughs> you can hear them without even starting. Anyways, Avengers Academy, co-ed versus campus creature. And we have a shadowed cover here. But it's cool, especially since it's got our girl Julie Power on it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Light speed. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to tell it's her. <laughs> it kind <laughs> it of. It really is. It really is hard. You can. You kind of get that there's a rainbow a bit coming behind her. It, yeah, and you got you got her you got her torso symbol of the prism. But honestly, it looks like it's more looks like a bird, kind of like a dark hawk or a phoenix shape more than her standard. You have to really kind of like gaze in to go. Oh, okay. To be fair, until and I mean, laugh at me all you want. Until this very moment, right here, right now, when I said that, I honestly thought that that was X twenty three and White Tiger on this cover. <laughs> Until I looked down and said, wait, that's not X-23. That's Lightspeed. Wow. <laughs> it's very desaturated. They are in shadows and Julie especially, which is weird for somebody who casts a rainbow light behind her. So, Considering she's not in this book that much, yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't even think about it being her. I, it makes more sense that that would be X-23 and White Tiger. I think she is in three panels and each of them she is floating and mind wiped. Yeah, pretty so, much, yeah. pretty much. And yet, at the same time, now that I really know it's her, I think it's kind of cool. I like how it is very subdued, and even the rainbow is very subdued in the dark. It's very cool looking. And like I said, White Tiger is in here as well. They both are coming out of the shadows. So look like looks like there's a skylight above them that's casting down some kind of moonlight down there. White Tiger's reaching out, got the green glowing eyes thing, mm-hmm. claws extended kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty sweet looking. Oh, it's a good cover. It really is. And uh, Coeds versus Campus Creature is just a, a common 50s horror film fair. So this is pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it'd be a cooler cover if I recognized that it was Lightspeed more <laughs> readily. <laughs> be a lot cooler if you did. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. you did, so now you're cooler again. But once again, Roden Esquio, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name, he's been doing most of the covers here, and they've been pretty solid. I mean, none of them are, oh my god, I've got to go out and get this blown up and put it on my wall, but they're all solid covers. They yes. usually have something to do with the book. Yes, Julie's not in this one that much, but you know something is going on. You get the... There's something attacking kids on campus. Mm-hmm. That's what this sells. And you're going to show your cheesecakes. You're going to show your new uh, new co-eds getting used to the the monsters on campus. Honestly, if you're going to show your new cheesecakes, I maybe maybe it should have been Julie and X23. Oh well, yeah, it, Laura is the newest of new new cheesecakes. So yeah, it's another reason I thought that though was X23. It made more sense for her to be on that cover. But <laughs> anyways, because they're gonna they're gonna put their money makers on the cover. Yeah, they kind of are. We have some backstories here, which is kind of cool. We've got three, possibly four Butterballs. We need to learn a little bit, but I think we find a little bit more about Justin, White Tiger, and Tigra in this. I think we get some good backstories for all of them. I mean, Tigra, we don't. Tigra's been around for a while, but she gives us an update about what's going on in her life, which is cool. We really get something about Justin, and we get something about White Tiger. Mostly White Tiger. Mostly White Tiger, but we get a bit about Justin here, because Justin's... Yeah, we get to learn something about him because previously yeah. it's just been like he's dude with a sentinel. What's that yeah. story? You know, it's interesting when he's even at the beginning. He's like, "Okay, reptile, I'll go in there to talk with you to talk to Jimmy, but I don't have any powers, and my robot does." Yeah, I'm not that I'm not bigoted, but is it safe? <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like I think he's just like an engineer. Maybe he's just a super mm-hmm. scientist kind of thing with a 
focus on robotics. I'm not sure, but yeah, he kind of falls into the Iron Man esque type of world. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark is also has a superpower of being rich. Yeah, it's a good superpower. It's a great superpower. I'm still waiting for that one to land for me. But we have Tony Stark who's in a very high tech suit, and we've got. Justin here, who has found himself this very cool... Giant robot. Uh, giant robot, giant sentinel. Mm-hmm. He's been able to get it working again, has been able to reprogram it enough that it doesn't necessarily want to attack mutants. It still wants to destroy all mutants, but he has layered other programming on top of it, so it will get around to doing that destroying of mutants after it does all of these other things first. <laughs> <laughs> Each probably more improbable than the next. Yeah, you, you can't take the California out of surfer, but you can take the surfer out of California kind mm-hmm. of thing. So we learn a little bit about him. And like you said, he doesn't have powers. He is very much on his own without the super suit. He doesn't have much he can do, but he trusts Reptile. He's like Reptile's a team leader. He's a cool dude. He's friendly. He's warm and welcoming. He's... There's a reason that the other instructors and everything are, are like, yeah, he's going places. He's going to be going. Yeah. He's Tiger's like, you're going to make a great dad. Pim was like, yeah, he this guy, there's a reason he's team leader. He's amazing. So, yeah, Humberto's got it going on. Yeah. But in the meantime, what we have is we have, we have a lot of other things going on. <laughs> <laughs> we have Tiger. Let's get to Tiger next here. We find out a little bit more about what's going on with her. We know she's got a kid. Where's the kid at? Well, the kid's out with cat people. Mm-hmm. Fun story. Wouldn't mind learning a little bit more about yep. that. Dropping into this issue, not being up on a lot of Avenger stuff, not being up on Tigra. I thought it was kind of cool just to get that little piece in there. And once again, with all these characters and all these backstories, we've got Umberto that is being empathetic and being caring. He knows how to ask the right questions because he is who he is. Mm-hmm. And also he's got this adult personality in there who's knows these people, knows the questions to ask, knows how to get them talking and to be empathetic with them. And so that he can use them as a food source for his diarrhea buddy. I mean, not a bad plan. Yeah. We think about it. Soiling green is people. Yes. Okay. We need to go ahead and make more soiling green. Good plan. Mm-hmm. Be empathetic. Be nice. Uh, walk on into these choppers. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and we get to find the history of White Tiger. And this is a big part of the book. This mm-hmm. is kind of the big Julian Brandon talk of this yep. of this book. What's the story with White Tiger? Why has she got the costume instead of her brother? What happened to him? And we get the entire backstory. Prior to this, how much did you know about White Tiger? Uh-huh. Okay. I knew very little. I think I could recall her name when I saw her. Past that, not very much. About the same for me. Yeah. What'd you think about the story? What'd you think about her backstory? I thought it was neat. Her brother had found these uh, broken pieces of a statue that came from, you know, the mystical city of Kumlun. And Mm -hmm. when he was like, oh, I've got these things, gave him strength and agility and fighting powers. And she was like, oh, man, he's got it all going on. And then then she's like realizing because she was a kid. She was the youngest of the family. And it's like, oh, wait, my brother doesn't have it all going on. It's really hard for him to do this. And he seems like he's distressed or by stuff. I'll ask my parents. Oh, my parents say, we'll tell you when you're older. And then she comes home one day and they've been murdered by one of White Tiger's adversaries. She goes to live with her sister and and her kids, not Humberto, her brother, doesn't visit very often because she's like, he was still alive, but he kind of died that day and he stayed away because I don't think he wanted to expose us to that potential trauma again or have anything happened to us because we're close to him. And so, you know, we're dependent NPCs and villains are going to take it out on us. And then when he died, 
she inherited it and she's been trying to live up to his to his creed and credo and holding other people that as well where she's like i know that's not fair but i also thought it was interesting when she had the tiger blackout you know when she snapped out of the blackout she's like not a blackout again why can't i get this amulet under control like my brother did i can't live this way so it's like oh that's interesting to find out that there is a character flaw built into the power set that her brother was able to overcome that she hasn't so it's like oh there's area for growth there there's there's history there's a lot of neat going on with that there's a reason why she is here too i mean that's kind of part of it she's not a teacher she doesn't have all that experience she is here to learn some stuff too she is learned here to grow as a character grow as as a superhero as well so it's very cool that they explore that a little bit more in this comic and then we have the ongoing story of feeding the monster mm-hmm what is the plan here? You gotta, Do we just keep giving the guy magic kitties? You got to run out at some point. You're going to run out. There's a lot of cat themes. There's a lot of cat themed heroes and villains. So they can, Humberto can go for quite a little while. We have Black Panther. We got Black Cat. Well, she's not magic. Doesn't matter. It's just powered. Okay. I don't think it has to be magic. It's just that he likes the magic power set, you know, because Butterball's not magic. Shadow Cat. Shadow Cat. Puma. You guys know. There's more cat-themed people. I'm sure that there's tons of them. You can <laughs> blend into DC as well. <laughs> what I think is funny about their plan is, like, Hybrid wants to feed. He's like, I'm hungry. I got to eat. And Humberto's like, yeah, and you will. But do it slow. Build up your power. Don't let anybody notice. I'm going to go get you another cat, a little kitty cat to feed you. No one's going to know what's going on. You're going to get super-powered. You'll be able to fight the whole campus, not draw everybody's attention. I'll be right back. Goes out, gets Tigra. Smashes her through a door and wall. Like, that's not going to attract <laughs> any attention. <laughs> he then goes away Don't again. Fa- hang on, hang on a second, hang on. We are talking about a giant campus here. And, and with all these super-powered people running around, you know that people are breaking through doors all the time. I mean, everybody that's immune, that's how they enter a room. Yeah, basically. But it just made me laugh where it's just like, slow and steady, buddy. Destroys a wall, goes out and gets Butterball, comes back, and Hybrid's already grabbed, like, Striker and She-Hulk and Julie Power, and is like, mm-hmm, yeah, totally going slow. It was like, I think you're destroying the door and wall, people, to go, you've kind of sabotaged your own actions. And yet it seems to be working just fine. Fine just enough. Fine. It could, it could have worked Everything's better. fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Here's my thoughts on some stuff on this. I'm thinking that one of the reasons that he like flipped back wasn't just because he felt bad, but also because he realized he had kind of screwed up this timeline. He's like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. All these people are here now. We're gonna, there's going to be fights. Now people are possibly going to die. Okay, hybrid saying he was thinking about honoring our agreement. Now he's not. Yeah, I pooched it. This, is, this isn't going to work. I might as well just try and make things better. And then I'm also thinking because of another part in here where Hank's talking to Clint about like, yeah, whoever just broke her, like destroyed all of her stuff. It's just like they knew what they were doing. I feel like maybe I could have done it. I'm like, oh, I wonder if the person that's guiding this this future timeline is Hank, is Giant Man. So, well, it all goes back to him. I mean, Ultron, Jocasta, Vision, Hank Pin's got his hands in all of those robots. If it's a robot, it's probably somehow been created by Hank Pym. The he that was discussed earlier that was wanting to guide this timeline might be Hank Pym or it might be Ultron, now that you mentioned that name. So, yeah. Curious to find out. It could also be Agatha Harkness, too. It was Agatha all along. Who knew? Not us. 
We'll find out in the future. Is there anything else that you want to talk about this? I mean, we got a lot of little nifty fights that are going on here. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun fights. A lot of staring off into the middle distance. Yes. A lot of staring off into the middle distance as we have backstories going on. <laughs> a lot of people on the, the cliff faces of the Scottish moors pining. Cliff faces and, and rooms filled with pictures yeah. and on the shoulders of giant robots. And there's a lot of yeah. staring off there's into the middle distance There's a lot of yeah, wistful, thoughtful contemplation. Also, there is, like with hazmat and metal, big discussions next to a person who is the, the discussion person. <laughs> <laughs> who has good hearing yes and who can she doesn't care I, yeah. this love triangle thing going on it's not a love triangle no. it is two people arguing about this that has nothing to do with anybody else yeah, I yeah. Know. it is ridiculous it is just such a bad it's like oh if this was ever a good relationship i don't know where it was because this is just not a good relationship this is just the who's been calling you who's this oh it's so-and-so from work sure it is kind of a thing it's like Maybe there's nothing going on. Oh, you're saying there's nothing going on because they're not interested? Just because you're not cheating on me because they're not interested? It's like, it's not what I'm saying. Yeah, it is not a love triangle. It's barely a love line. It's it's a love point. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then let's get into some other love points about what we love about this issue with the mm-hmm. Gallery of Greatness. Let's talk about some artwork that needs to be pinned up on the outside exterior walls of this gorgeous campus that has a bunch of broken doors. Jeff, give me some backup jokes, if you would, sir. My joke backup is on page 14 of Marvel Unlimited, and I call it Easily Accessible Power Source. It's the center panel, and it's showing hybrid reaching for the magic amulet medallion thing on White Tiger's neck. And it always cracks me up when it's just like, this is the source of my powers. I'll put it on a cheap string and have it just, it's front forward. Anybody could grab it or could get snagged on a branch. And that's always just funny to me when it's just like, it's a power source. It's not tucked in a pocket or pressed up on, you know, under the suit against the skin or anything. Like Darkhawk does that. He's got an amulet, but at least he's like tucks it in all the time so that people can't just go, oh, yoink. So, but White Tiger, front and center, just grab that magic amulet. I'm not going to say this often, but Pip the Troll was a genius. Mm-hmm. What did Pip do? I forget. Pip got one of the Infinity Stones when they formed the Infinity Watch and Adam Warlock handed them all out. Mm-hmm. And everybody displayed theirs. Actually... Drax said jelly bean and ate it. So another good way to hide the yours. Yeah. yeah, every 24 hours. Well, no, I guess slow digestion system with his race. So it took uh, a little while. Okay. But you also had Pip the Troll who just, they looked at him and said, where'd you put yours? He says, I'm not telling. Yeah. Pip the Troll only wears a loincloth. Okay. <laughs> so there, I have a guess. What's your guess? I had uh, in the loinal cloth region. Between his toes. Hey! So does he wear (laughs) shoes or something? Nope. Nope. You can't see it. Okay. (laughs) Hairy feet. And nobody's going to look there. Nobody nobody is going to look there. Yeah, you don't want to advertise you have it, and you don't want to have it on display. It took a long time for that to come out about where he actually hid it, because everyone just looked at him, and he just sat there and like, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> And everybody you. guessed, and everybody was wrong. <laughs> it was genius. <laughs> All right. My backup joke one is a bit further on, but it deals with White Tiger again. And this is right before she goes nutso. And oh, what made yeah. her go nutso? It was getting a big old whiff of whatever was on Reptile's breath, because when you just breath. see this yep. giant dino mouth, and you see you see Ava saying, no, 
No, and I agree with her. I don't want to. It's not the teeth. It's not getting bit by that. I don't know what's in that teenage boy's stomach, mouth, or whatever. And I'm sure it doesn't go away when he turns into a dinosaur. It's that prehistoric halitosis. Mm-mm-mm. Bad, bad, bad. Yuck, yuck, yuck. (laughs) What do you have for your top joke one, sir? My top joke one is on page eight, and I call it sticking to that stealth plan, I see. This is when Humberto has smashed Tigra through Jimmy's front door so that Hybrid can feed, amongst other things, on Tigra. It is beautiful. It is a great-looking piece of art, but it just cracked me up where it's just like, slow and steady, buddy. We're going to sneak them into your, you know, we'll sneak the co-eds into your dorm room one at a time. Smash! It's just like, yeah, you, what are you doing? <laughs> I, and and I like Hybrid's response. Ah, oh, room, room service. service. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not too bad. So mine, my top joke one, is when the alarm bells go off and we're on the athletic field. Yeah. We have X-23 hopping between metal and hazmat, yeah. and I call this one, look at me! <laughs> it, was, it was on my list. She's a bit of a dom leather mommy. Yeah. And Metal's just looking up like, there is nothing special about her. Hello. Yes. Hi (laughs) there, Laura. Just not getting in a fight about you right now. Better go save the day. The alarm. Follow me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. What do you have for your good art one? And we got to match up on one of these ones, I think. It is on the exact same page. It is just the top Mm, panel, which I call sparring partners. Because uh, Laura and Finesse spar fighting looks really, really cool. But I also like the dichotomy of it because in the background is hazmat and metal. And they're also fighting. Yeah. So sparring partners. Some are doing it physically. Some are doing it verbally. So I see what you did there. I am going to go ahead and tell you my backup best one. And this is right after White Tiger gets taken. And we have a scene in this bust up room Match. where... Hybrid's got all these people here. He's got Tigra. Now he's got White Tiger, Butterball, Julie, She-Hulk, and Striker. And I just called it awkward. Uh, I called it party platter (laughs) because it was my uh, top one as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's very cool. I like the rubble in the room. I like, I think all the characters are drawn really well. Hybrid's just got to be fun to draw because he's so grotesque and horrific looking. Yeah, he's got a look, but you could probably just wander around and just make it how you want. Yeah. So you do get to, I would think the artist gets to kind of like put their own spin on hybrid pretty quick. Yeah, I approve. It looks great. That was your top one. Top one. My top one was different. My top one was the last page and I called it Puppet Master. Uh, okay. And this is where hybrid is busting out of the wall with X-23 in front, White Tiger, Reptile, and he's holding Quicksilver in his hands and... The three that are not knocked out all have glowing eyes, so they're taking over. I think it's pretty sweet looking. <laughs> All right. That's my good art. And that is your ugly art because you're ugly. Ow, because we're why? at rubber and glue moment and we like to talk about insults. What's the best or most childish insult in this book? Let me tell you my backup one. Mm-hmm. White Tiger. You are an avatar of dead things while I am older than the immortal cities. I am eternal. My top. Nothing like saying boom on somebody else and then just talking about how cool you are. That was my top. I loved you are an avatar of dead things. So it's like, oh, yeah. No, that that is great. Again, it's my top one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have for your backup then? My backup is on page 19 and it is hybrid after Humberto turns on him and clangs the alarm and goes, 
fool, weak human fool. Weak human fool. Weak human fool is very, very good. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about my top one, though. And let me see if you know who this is. I am glad you two are on a first-name basis. Yeah. Better choose your deodorant carefully. Remember, there's a trigger scent that turns her into a mindless killing machine. <laughs> That's Hazmat talking to Metal. Because Metal's talking to her, and it's like, I don't know why you're upset with Laura. There's nothing going on there. Oh, I'm glad you're on a first-name basis. It's like, it didn't matter what Metal said, he can't win. Hazmat is no. just going to find the, the problem in any portion of that communication. It's just, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some Parent of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. I am going to be surprised if you choose any other Parent of the Year award in this. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's only one person that gets it. And I think that whether it's a good parent or a bad parent, I still am on the fence for. Because there's a choice that was made here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's good parenting or bad parenting, but it's definitely parenting. Tigra. Correct. Sending your child to another dimension to learn balance. I am not sure if that's great or horrific. But it definitely is the best either way. <laughs> it is a great way of getting a potential problem off off the issue so you don't have to deal with, oh, I've, oh and our kid, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that way they can pursue whatever stories they want and not have to, oh, well, I can't go to the Avengers Tower. I got to babysit my child or you know, parent, not babysit. I thought it was great because she's also like, she misses her child and she also yeah. is intentionally, she's like, he spends half of his time with the cat people. He spends half his half of his time here, so that way he learns balance between his his feline and his human pe- parts, which is something I wish I had. This is what you Wait, do for your children. You're you providing. Part, you, hang on, hang on. You are not part cat. You are part honey badger. That is established fact. <laughs> Talking about me or uh, you? Me, honey badger. Yeah. You said that you didn't have. You wish you had that choice. No. You were not a cat. Okay. You're part punny badger. Well, I am speaking for her in what oh, she was okay. doing. I'm speaking for Tigra. She was saying, I wish I had that option. And that's what mm-hmm. parenting is about. You are trying to provide the guidance and accessibility for your child that you did not have yourself. That's the way that I see it anyway. And so he's she she's like... I miss my child, but I am doing what I hope is for the best for him. Yeah. He might end up resenting her because of it's like you'll keep on sending me away, mom. Oh. So, oh, he definitely is going to resent her, yeah. but that was going to be a given anyways. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ages all through all. <laughs> so. All right, well, we matched on that one. Only parent that really existed in that one, but it was not, pretty not obvious. entirely true. Uh, Reptile is a future parent. Uh, Finesse is yeah, a future but, parent. Hank Pym but, is a parent but to it's, robots. But it's, but it's the only one that really was expressing yeah. a lot. Yeah. Okay. Most popular and most shunned. Character who's the best. Character who's the worst in this. Jeff, who is your worst? I am going to go for Reptile. Yep, I am too. Because for obvious reasons. He was feeding a dire wraith kitty cats. I wouldn't be so upset about that. My problem with him is that he's not even consistent with himself. No, he's not. If you're yeah. going to go full evil, go, go full, full evil. evil. Don't go wishy-washy yeah, in he, the middle. That is the problem. He's He is waffling on that. He's, yeah. he's doing, he's like, hey, I made things worse, but now I have to let you know. Yeah. He's like, are you going to make them better? Funny story. Sort uh, of. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's the fun part. You don't. I think we probably are going to tie in this one, too. Who do you have as the best? White Tiger. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. My, my only problem is that it, it kind of was her story, and I looked at it, and I was like, yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. she's the best in this. I actually was having a problem. I didn't think that anyone was actually 
fantastically great. Nobody really stood out. I mean, there is that issue. Uh, a lot of the people got shelved. You know, it's like, okay, Justin is there. Justin was interesting because he was all like, hey, I'm coming to you. There's a potential problem. I wanted to come to you, somebody that's in charge that I respect. Another one that I kind of liked, too, was actually Butterball. Because yeah. he went up and it's like, hey, can we hang out? Can we play? Yeah. And he just was a guy that wanted to just hang out. Yeah, and it's just and like, that, that yeah, was video cool. game. Yeah, of yeah. course we want to play video games. Yeah. There wasn't anybody that really really stood out so it, it ended up being white tiger and she's fine she's great in yeah. it it's just yeah i saw yeah. There, there were two reasons why picking her was good because at one point he's leading her to the slaughter basically or to the breeding yeah. pens and he goes hey if you could save your brother's life but it would cost the lives of innocents you'd you'd do it right and she's like, no, no, I wouldn't. I miss my brother desperately, but that's not what he would do, and that's not what I would do either, so no. She wouldn't sacrifice the innocence, which is what he's doing, to save somebody's life that she yeah. loved. Also, she gets betrayed, and it's like, oh, you're going to feed me to this person. And she's all like, Humberto, why are you doing this? And he's like, the same reason you do anything, Ava. And her first instinct was like, if this creature has your parents, we will help you get them back. Because mm. she knows... That he's been hunting for his parents all this time. So it's just like her first instinct is to just go, he has your parents. We can save them. That's awesome. That's so great. So, yeah, she does well. She does great. She does fine. She's our chosen popular one this time. Mm -hmm. How popular is this book, though, on mm. our ever growing list of top grades? Still have top of the list, Month of Morning, Fantastic Four 588. Spot number 10, we have Fantastic Four 585, The Kings of Atlantis. You remember that one? That was where Reed carpools with Galactus and Sue watches Namor commit regicide. <laughs> yep. Good times. Good times. FF number 11 is at spot number 20, Intelligence. Reed calls the heroes while Ronan makes a milkshake. Spot number 30, we have... Runaways number two, True Believers. The Runaways hunt down Victor, and he finds out he's got powers. Neato! Spot number 40, Avengers Academy. Number 20, Endings. Bale takes forever to leave. <laughs> but she left. And the spot, 50, Julie's in the hospital. We find out nothing, and that is What Lies Beneath from Loners. Number three, Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Here is the frustrating thing for me about Avengers Academy. For something that I barely ever touched or read, I really like it a lot more than a lot of established things like Fantastic Four and things that I'm very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much along the lines of like, well, let's look at the last issue. It's in spot seven. How does this compare to, to spot seven now? <laughs> Where spot seven, issue number 23, is above spot eight, which is issue 22. So <laughs> are we going to continue the trend of... Looking, you know, look, looking at six and going, that's got to be the new one because we're just climbing up the ladder with these issues. No, I would say not for this one. Okay. This one's fine. This is kind of issue number two in a three or four issue arc. Yes. I can't remember right now. We're kind of in the midst of the story. It is a lot of navel gazing. It's a lot of eating people, mm -hmm. which is fine. Hybrid is cool. He's a lot cooler in this issue than he should be, mm -hmm. which is... Okay, good job, but I still am kind of like, eh, it's fine. I'm more looking down at another Avengers Academy 1, number 21, Welcome Students. The first day, Jocasta okay. goes boom. Yeah. I think that's got a lot more good story in it. I see that. And we definitely are setting a lot of pieces. Mm -hmm. This is just the start of an arc, and it's fine, but it's not 
great. This is revealing the villain and putting the heroes in dire straits. We had that last time, though. We had the, the this is just building off the last issue and leading into the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's doing a fine job with it. I don't think it's going to be terribly low, but I'm looking down. Actually, here we go. Spot number 25 is Fantastic Four 574. Days of Future Franklin. That's Franklin's birthday party. A lot of good promise to that issue. It could have been really cool. I think it was fine. Yeah, it was a fine issue. This is is better than that. Yeah, I would agree. Above that, we've got The Club. First issue of FF number one. Sadness abounds as Fantastic Four rebrand with a spider. There's a complete story that's in there. We know what's going on. It's setting the stages of the rest of the FF book, but I think it's doing a really good job. I think this is right between these two. Okay. So you think that Club is a little bit better than Family. Yeah. I kind of want to argue, but I also am okay with it there. All right. Let's make that the new number 25. Still a good issue. I think mm -hmm. you were right. I think what you said before was absolutely correct. I like Avengers Academy. I think this is a very good book. I think that it is probably really underrated for what it brings. There are some good characters. We're seeing him deal with a lot of different characters, not only like an top of the list, beginning of the book, mm-hmm. here's the people we talk about, then there's like a second tier of these people are also around, and then he kind of has other characters filling the background. That's a lot to juggle around, and he's doing it pretty well, people, Christopher Gage. People are getting their moments. It's not yeah. It's not an ensemble where there's the lead actor and then just background players. It's everybody's... Mm-hmm. They're intertwining nicely. Their characters are interacting yeah. with each other. Histories are being given. Plot points are being made. They're developing things. It, it, they're doing a really good character study on a lot of these characters. There was a little interaction with Justin. And I was like, yeah, okay, this character's pretty neat. There's a little bit of interaction with Butterball. Hey, I got the new Crystal, uh, Crystal Warrior video game. You want to play? That's a neat little character thing. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm, yeah. learn- I, I'm learning about this character. And I can understand more about them. Just off this little, hey, I got a new game. Do you want to? You know, and it's like. This is cool. You know what else is cool? What? This beer. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Gigantic. Movie Madness presents Psychotronic Pale. The more I look at this picture of this main character on here, the more I do think about hybrid. Yeah. The more it's just like, that is hybrid. It really is hybrid. <laughs> and the damsel in distress in front of him, that's that could be any one of the females. So. Yeah, fits really good. It's still, man, it looks like Cyclops to me, but that's, that's it, just it, me. It does. It, no, it, yeah. it does. And <laughs> this could also have worked for the X-Men crossover that we did not too long ago. Yep. But I think this is better for this issue. Oh, it worked out great. I loved it. Between the two issues, even though Cyclops is in this one, this still fits more with this. Yeah. No, it really, really does. This is great. It fits well. It's a good beer. I'm enjoying it. It's it's really easy to drink. Yeah. It is. Like Rick said, it's bitter. But it's not too bitter for me. It's just like, yeah, there's a little bitterness there. But it's not like overpowering. It's just like... Yeah, that's pleasant. It's just the entirety of the beer is pleasant to me. I like the flavor. Yeah. I like the aroma. I like uh, every bit about it. I'm really enjoying it. It's a really good, strong four for me. I would agree with that. I think I would join you on that four. Definitely something I would have again. Definitely something I would have with some friends mm-hmm. sitting around watching some movies that we rented for Movie Madness. Yeah. Not like we haven't done that multiple times it's in the past. true. That's where I got to see most of my uh, Jackie Chan films from. That is so funny you said that because last night I started watching Drunken Master because <laughs> I have it on my Plex server. Uh, and I was like, I have not sat down and watched Drunken Master, so I'm going to watch it. Oh, my wife's like, what the heck are we watching? <laughs> yeah, he got into the wrong alcohol at the end and kind of had a, a rough finish. I'm not there yet, man. Not oh. there yet. <sighs> Crowd of one. Crowd of one. I'm playing to you, Rick. This, I'm playing to Rue. 
And this crowd is just saying, bring on the next segment. And that next segment is Kid's Perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his, oh, 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. Welcome back to the Avengers Academy. You ready to talk about what these crazy kids are up to this week? Sure, why not? It's always something with them. Yeah, it is. And what is it with them this time? What's going on there? Nothing besides, like, there's this, like, creepy alien monster thing that's eating all their souls and possessing them with green eyes. And, like, future guy is trapped in young... Yeah, it's a whole thing. (laughs) What'd you think about it? Did you like it? He's working for this alien monster thing mm-hmm. to make sure something happens in the future. Yeah. And in order to do this, he has to feed this alien monster thing, which means everyone on campus is just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, pretty much. And then at the end, he feels bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they all still get possessed and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. We do find out some things about some of the people. We find out about Justin and his big sentinel robot, right? Yeah. Know a little bit more about White Tiger. Yeah. What'd you think about her story? It's dark. (laughs) Yeah, it is. She had her brother who had the power, and then he got killed. And the entire family was sad about that. And so she took the power, right? Yeah. But also her family got killed because of her brother being the White Tiger. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. And then after, and after that story, that this the, the moment just speaks her heart out. Then Reptile like goes and like feeds her to the alien monster. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a jerk, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. But then he makes up for it slightly. He does. Tries. I have a very important question though, because we also find out a little bit more about one other person, and I wonder if you caught it. Find out a little bit more about Tigra. Like she misses her son and stuff. Right, where's her son? Hold on, I need to look back at that. Oh my god, I can't believe you missed this. I didn't miss it, I just need to remember it. I thought for sure you would have remembered it. I don't. That That is so sad and so disappointing. Daddy. Oh yeah, his cat, cat people are looking over him. I see, I see. So, she's doing a student exchange program and having her son be raised by cat people for half the year. Yep. I am, I am actually surprised you didn't bring me the comic book and say, yo... Where can I sign up for this? <laughs> but also, it might be a little creepy being taught by, like, fancy cat people that I'm not used to. Oh, I'm sure you can get used to it. Okay. It would be exactly the same as if we did a foreign exchange program with you going to France. You want me to go to France? It would be kind of weird to be raised by French people, but eventually <laughs> you'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, don't... Can't <laughs> even speak the language. Oh, you'll figure it out. And then you'll be squeaking, we oui, buen. Like, what? I know there's Spanglish, but, like... <laughs> Franglish. No, wait. <laughs> now we're offending a whole new group of people, so I think we probably yeah, should just move okay. on. Is there anything else that really stuck out at you with this book? Did you like the art? Did you like the story? How are you feeling? Um, it was just really straightforward. People are getting eaten and possessed. Not really eaten. However, are they going to get out of this, especially since X-23 got possessed? They'll find a way. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too. I know, Carrie. I'm upset that he's eating the cats, too. What's he thinking? Shout out time. We like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review. And you know what? 
it would help you write in and leave us a review if I would do a better job of posting our show. And I didn't do a good job of posting our show this last time when we launched out episode 146, Avengers Academy, number 21. Welcome, students. When I did that, I didn't really post it in all the places I normally do because I'm a horrible person. So we only got a couple of people that really stopped in to say hi. And that would be Al Sedano from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. And Hoover Jeremiah. Thanks, guys. And for everybody else, I know you were thinking about us. Yeah. I can hear your thoughts. Yep. Rick is psychotronic. True, true, true. We also like to thank those people that continue to give us a little bit of cash to do this show, and we appreciate it from the bottom of our little hearts. And that includes adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Polier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price. Way, way wordy and wobbly Waffles. Weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. Next issue, we are going to cover Avengers Academy, issue number 25. You know what, Jeff? Just recently I was on an episode of Longbox Crusade's Spider-Man Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Neat. Good for you. Thanks. I didn't listen to it. I should hunt it down. I like hearing what you're in. Read your lines. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon with an empty bag of McDonald's. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, Blue Sky, Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. Also, we got a YouTube channel at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme is Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Figures in the Fog by Lionel Sound. Our music is founded in Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Uh, um, you know, it's like, uh, Scram! Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. You missed Mythical and Magnificent. No, no, I didn't, because Matthew Laserwitz is on my kill list. Or I just skipped one, because there's two M's.